When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome back to BTR Boxing Podcast. I'm the host, Sean, and this is an impromptu episode of the Big Fight Preview, which was supposed to be for Anthony Joshua versus Gillian White. And we had this recorded, all ready to go. Me and Johnston, we did our episode. We got everything prepared. I was just about to go on holiday. And then all of a sudden, Gillian White fails a test, apparently more than once. Now, I'm not going to spend the episode on that topic of conversation because I will save that for when Johnston does return to the podcast next week for a big fight preview. So it is only me for this particular episode because I am actually on holiday as I record this. And if the sound quality isn't as good, it's because I'm actually having to use a different device to record other than my microphone and my computer and everything that I normally would do. So hopefully you guys will be able to get my opinions in a little bit of a decent enough quality for you to understand the conversations that I'm having around Anthony Joshua, Robert Hellenius, who his opponent is now, and then of course the rest of the fights on the card and the fight between Navarrete and Valdez happening in America as well. So just to start really, what a hell of a few days it has actually been when I left to come away on the Sunday, the episode was ready to go out on that night, and it was all previewed, it was all done, and then the news came out on the Sunday morning that Dillian White had failed a drugs test, and everything goes into disrepute, and nobody knows if the show is actually going to completely go on, we knew the fight had been cancelled, but we didn't know whether the show was actually going to happen, and there's a lot of speculation about who was going to be the opponent, I think my money was going to be on Chisora because he's fighting Gerald Washington on the undercard. It seemed like a an easy enough replacement for them. Even though I didn't want to see that, I'd have rather have seen Joshua Hergovic. Well, clearly they were able to make the fight with Hellenius quite quickly to save the show and change it from a pay-per-view show to a standard show as part of the DAZN subscription, which is quite big really as well. The fact that you're not going to have to pay for this now. But Robert Hellenius only fought last week in a 15th century castle in Finland and he's come back after losing to Wilder at the start of the year 
people are criticising Joshua's opponent, and, and I can understand why, because obviously of what Wilder did to him. But if you think about prior to Wilder, where Hellenius was at, actually Hellenius was on a really good comeback trail, weren't he? He'd beaten Quinaki twice, and those, those two victories over Quinaki really had put him in good stead for moving forward in his career. And that's how he got the Deontay Wilder fight, and he fought Wilder, and Wilder obliterates him in the first round. So now the pressure's on Joshua to perform. Surely we can't expect Joshua to knock him out in one round. And quite frankly, I don't expect Joshua to knock him out in one round. What I do expect is for Joshua to take a few rounds to systematically break down Robert Hellenius. And maybe stop him midway through the fight. I think that's kind of what I'm expecting here with this. Is Joshua's going to get a run out. It's going to be another run out for him. Yeah, okay, it's not the fight we was expecting and you know it doesn't really live up to the expectation that we was looking forward to and I was genuinely very excited as the fight was approaching with White because of, of the needle between them the bad blood between them and I did say at that point which I still think I'll say in this episode is that it is it is a risky fight either way because you know if Elanius was to land something on Joshua that's significant and he was to go on to beat Joshua now what would happen to Joshua's career at this point in time? Because the conversation me and Johnston was having on our originally recorded episode was that if Joshua loses to White, where else does he go? Because the carrot that's being dangled in front of him at the moment is the Deontay Wilder fight in Saudi in December this year. Now, if Hellenius beats Joshua, surely that's out of the window. Surely a fight with Tyson Fury in the future is out of the window. What else does he do? Because... The conversation we were having was that there's a, there's a possibility this guy might have to retire because what else can he possibly do at this point? Like, I know he's a brand. I know he's got a lot of money. He's got a lot of sponsorships behind him and, and he's got a deal with the zone. So naturally, he'd have to fight on because he's already signed something in place. And would he be able to be at that elite level again if you lost to someone like Hellenius? I don't think he could. I don't think he could be there again. I'm not saying he's not an elite fighter, but he's certainly a damaged fighter now after what we've seen over the past couple of years. I don't think he is the same fighter that we saw against Klitschko. Like, for me, that was peak Anthony Joshua. After that, I think things have started to, to sort of take a slow downturn for him. And as a result of him losing to Ruiz... And then as a result of the two back-to-back losses to Usyk, he's kind of putting his career on the line a little bit, really, at this point. Because a loss here now would be absolutely catastrophic for him. However, I'll be honest, I don't think he loses this fight. I think Hellenius is a dangerous opponent. That's what Eddie Hearn's saying. He is dangerous. He's a dangerous puncher. But I think he, in a sense, he's tailor-made for the style of Anthony Joshua to systematically break him down. These two guys, Hellenius and Joshua, have sparred loads of rounds over the years as well. It's, it's common knowledge to most boxing fans. So they are going to know each other quite well. And I think Joshua is going to know the flaws of, of how to get to Hellenius and, and how to break Hellenius down. And likewise with Hellenius and Joshua, he'll know how to try and exploit Joshua. And, and given maybe where I think Joshua's confidence levels have possibly dipped... He could really be up for this. He really could be up for this. I mean, the last time this happened with Joshua and Andy Ruiz steps in, Andy Ruiz causes one of the biggest shocks 
in boxing in the past 20 years. So there's a possibility this could quite well happen again. I, I hope it doesn't because I've been watching Joshua since the Olympics and Johnston has. And, you know, we both don't want to see him sort of go out in that fashion. We'd like to see him have a little bit more glory in his career. But the problem is, is the people that are in the top of this division, the Furies and the Usics, we just don't quite think that maybe Joshua can can beat those guys. Obviously, he's not been able to beat Usyk. He's tried twice. People think he's got more of a chance of beating Fury, and understandably so. But at this level now, if he beats Hellenius, he gets to fight with Wilder. That's the only other viable fight at the moment for him if he beats Hellenius, because Fury's obviously tied up and he's got himself within with Francis Ngannou, the UFC fighter, in an exhibition, which is a complete farce. As boxing fans, it's, it's absolute rubbish for us that Fury's not fighting Usyk, but. It is what it is. He's cashing in while he can and getting the money while he can. If Joshua goes on then to fight Wilder, then that's a good fight for him. It's a great fight for both of them at this stage of their careers because they both need a big redemption arc and what way to do it then against each other. And then the winner essentially goes on and fights Fury, don't they, later on? If Fury doesn't end up fighting Usyk, it is a little bit of a mess at the moment, the heavyweight division. But ultimately for this fight, guys, I think Joshua does beat Hellenius. I think he systematically breaks him down. I think he uses that jab to get on the inside. I think he uses some of the fundamentals of boxing, which has got him very far in his career. And that's what will win him this fight. So I do think Joshua wins midway through the fight. I think it will be a combination of punches that stops the fight and the referee steps in. I'm saying between rounds five and seven that this fight ends. That's my prediction, but don't always go by my predictions because they're not always 100% accurate. I think if anybody's a better prediction specialist than me, it probably is Johnston. Although there has been times in the prediction leagues that we've done outside of our podcast where I've actually come up trumps over Johnston. But hey, I, I say he's probably more often than not right with his predictions. Now, Johnston feels the same with Joshua. He thinks he's going to get him out of there as well in terms of how this fight is going to go down. Uh, with Hellenius, and we are looking forward to it. But the undercard was what I was looking forward to. The heavyweight fight on the undercard between Hergovic and Dempsey McKean was the one that we were speaking about on on the podcast we did together as the preview originally. And, and that's one that I think is a really interesting fight because you've got a guy in Dempsey McKean who's coming over from Australia, 22-0, who's looking to maybe exploit some of the flaws that Hergovic has shown in his fight with Chile Chang. And I think that's what I'm looking forward to as well. I think when we've seen that fight with Chang and we've seen that Chang was able to do what he did against Hergovic but not get the decision, we saw that there were some flaws in Hergovic's game and that there are flaws to be exploited, as, as there is with any fighter. Obviously, every fighter's got a flaw. Some of them are just really good at keeping them flaws under wraps and not as exposed with them. But I think with Hergovic, we saw that there was some primitive things that he was unable to do. And as a result, Zhang was able to capitalise on that during that fight. So when you've got someone like Dempsey McKean, who's got a really good experience background in combat sports, and, you know, he has racked up a record. I'm not going to lie. He, he, you know, he's not fought anybody of massive notable note in his career so far. But to me, it's it's an opportunity for... Dempsey McKean really to upset the apple cart which is the Hergovic apple cart because Hergovic is the one that's probably going to be expected to win this fight so when you're someone like a Dempsey McKean 
you're coming over and you've got a huge opportunity to, to beat the guy you, you expected to lose against. So for me, this is this is big. This is a big opportunity for him. But he's got to get past Hergovic. And I don't want to completely discredit Hergovic because if he's had you know one fight where I thought he didn't do as well as maybe what I was expecting him to do, he's still undefeated in his career. He's still won 15, got 12 KOs on his record. But he hasn't fought since last August, since that fight with Zhang. So I think I would have expected him to have had some sort of fight before this. I don't know what people are thinking about this fight at the moment. But as it stands to me, I think Hergovic, from what I've seen of McKean and what I know of Hergovic and I've seen of Hergovic, I'm thinking Hergovic will, will get the decision here. I'm, I'm not so sure if he'll stop him or not. Because I think when I look at Dempsey McKean and I look at his career and I look at his fights, I think... He's definitely got that sort of durability factor about him from what I've seen. But he hasn't been in the ring with anybody like a Hergovic as yet. And and this is kind of why I'm favouring Hergovic. I think his experiences, the, the level of opposition he's been in the ring with, I think he's completely different to what McKean's been in the ring with. And I think that's where we'll see the definitive between the two of them when they get in the ring. But it is a good heavyweight fight. It's interesting it, it makes me wonder whether McKean is going to be better than what he is. And it also makes me wonder whether, you know, he's a future opponent uh, for some of the heavyweights around at the moment. So I am looking forward to this fight with intrigue, to be honest with you. So that's another fight on the undercard to be tuning into. And another fight on the undercard is Derek Chisora, Gerald Washington. There was a lot of talk about Chisora being the replacement for Gillian White. And I actually thought he would be the odds-on favourite to be the replacement for Dillian White in this instance. With him being a Londoner, with him being on the card, with him for everybody there is to fight in the heavyweight division, barring one or two fighters, I thought he might be the natural replacement for Dillian White and that you know we wouldn't see anybody else. So I was surprised when we did get Alanius for Joshua. But Derek Chisora, I wouldn't want to see him get really hurt i mean the tyson fury fight last december we didn't want it nobody wanted to see the fight and he just got systematically beaten and broken down by fury now he's fighting gerald washington who i feel and this might be a little bit disrespectful in some people's eyes but i feel a little bit like washington's the american equivalent of chisora in some ways i feel like he he fights the top guys in the heavyweight division in america but doesn't He's not able to get past them. And I think that's kind of like what Chisora is like. He can fight the best that we've got to offer in the UK and, and, and Europe and some Americans, but not always be able to get past those guys. So I feel like it's a bit of a crossroads fight for, for, for these two. And I just don't understand like what the purpose is of the fight per se. What does it lead to for both of these guys? You know, does one of them just decide to call it quits afterwards, or did it just carry on being essentially like fringe heavyweights that are going to be there as, as stepping stones for other guys coming up? I just don't want to see someone like a Chizora get hurt. And me and Johnston have had this conversation many times about Chizora, and, and, and we thought he should have packed it in after Fury. And I can understand why the guy wants to fight. I think at this stage of his career, if he can get great paydays, then he's going to do it. I think what they've done is they've put him on this card because he's a Londoner. He puts bombs on seats. People do like Derek Chisora. He is a fan favourite regardless of where he's at in his career. He does come to entertain and he, he does put it all on the line in, in a lot of his fights. So I can understand why he's on this card and I can understand why they want to see Derek Chisora. 
in the ring on this night. I'm just, I just don't want to see him get beat up. It's as simple as that. I just don't want to see the guy hurt. You know, I've followed his career for, for many, many years since he started at the back end of the 2000s. And, you know, I've watched all these big fights and, and he's come across as a, uh, a bit of an arse at times and sometimes an absolutely great character and he's, he's revered himself into a from a pantomime villain to a to, to a hero now to many people and people have got a lot of respect for him for for what he's done in the sport not essentially because he's not won that world title but the fact that he's challenged some of the best fighters out there and he's give some of the best fighters some hard nights sometimes when he's up for it but when he isn't up for it you just get to see one-sided fights and I just hope that we get the Derek Chisora that's up for it. The Derek Chisora we've seen against Arthur Spilka. I think that would be the Derek Chisora I'd like to see in this fight. But we'll see. It's another fight for the undercard. And the rest of the undercards made up with Johnny Fisher fighting for an area title against Harry Armstrong. Campbell Hatton takes a step up in opposition class against Tom Ansell. We've got Maisie Rose Courtney in the ring, George Lidard, and a recent addition... That wasn't there at the time that we actually did the original podcast, which was Brandon Scott against Lewis Norman. Now, Brandon Scott's a Welsh fighter who Kieran Gethin was mentioning on the episode I did with Kieran earlier on this week. If you haven't heard that, please go and have a listen to Kieran Gethin's story and what he's up to for Welsh boxing. But he mentioned Brandon Scott's name in the episode and, you know, he's a new matchroom signing. Brandon Scott's got that charisma and that character about him at a very young age, which is going to revere to fans and people. You know, people are going to organically like him. And that's the thing. When you get a fighter that you can organically like, rather than feeling like you're forced to like them, you're more likely to tune into their fights and their careers. So I think that's what it is with Brandon. He's a great character. And he's someone that's been organically liked by people, as opposed to you know, feeling like you're forced upon. And, and, and this is no disrespect to the Hatton family, but because of Ricky Hatton and Matthew Hatton's names and, and their careers, automatically you kind of feel like you've got to support Campbell in his career, regardless of whether he isn't as good as either of those two fighters. And and he's making great progress. And I think it's a good step up for him against Tom Ansell in this, in this card as well. And I'm happy in a way that people are starting to back off him a little bit and not become too expectant of Campbell because he did have a limiter limited amateur career and I think with that in mind you've got to give the guy the opportunity to build up a resume and and then start to take the harder fights and if he's gonna do anything in his career then he needs to at least have the experience behind him in the pros first and I think that's what they're doing with him at the moment I think at first when he first came on the first few fights that he had I think many people were very expectant of him because he was being plugged and he was being pushed up the card and, and that didn't help him he wasn't going to say no to it, but it certainly didn't help him in that regard because, you know, it's like pushing uh, a complete amateur who just come over and, and sort of at this stage of his career where he needs that experience, you know, he needs to be fighting lower down the card so the expectation's not on him. You shove him up the card, the expectation goes on him, the pressure goes on him, and then maybe he doesn't perform because he's feeling too much pressure. So, you know, I think it's, uh, it's, a, it's a difficult position to be in with someone like Campbell, but... Best of luck to him, of course, and to Brandon and everybody else on that card. It's it's not the card, it's not the fight we wanted to see, so to speak, with, with Joshua and Hellenius, but it will be interesting to see how the fight pans out, and everybody's going to be making the comparison to Wilder KO in Hellenius at the start of this year in the first round, and how is Joshua going to handle it? How is he going to do it? Is there going to be an upset on the cards? Who knows? We'll see come Saturday. 
But it isn't the only fight that we covered on our original episode. We were really excited and we had a really great conversation about the Navarrete and Valdez fight happening also in the early hours of Sunday morning for us in the UK and in the evening for you guys in the USA. It's a fight I'm looking forward to and I think it's a fight that kind of escaped a lot of people this weekend coming. I think people forgot that this fight was happening and now as the week's gone on and things have started to change people are realizing that there's a really great fight going on and i'm excited for this particular fight i think if there's any fight that's going to be the fight of the weekend for me this is the one this is the one where you've got two mexican fighters who are really gonna light up the desert i think they're really gonna light up the desert i'm really looking forward to seeing how this fight plays out you've got obviously navarrete who's been on an amazing run of form and he's just so good at what he does in his career and then you've got Valdez who's sort of stepping in to face him here now and, and he's got this opportunity Valdez to come back from his loss to Shakur Stevenson and prove that he, he belongs in this super featherweight division but I think Navarrete is just too good of a fighter I mean everything that he does in the ring he just seems to do it with so much ease and he doesn't even seem to get out of first and second gear to be able to do it it just feels like it's all so natural for him and he doesn't feel like he's he's really having to dig in deep in a lot of his fights so i am really interested in in how the fight goes but oscar valdez is a guy that i said and johnston mentioned it on our original episode that i was one of the only people that was probably vying for valdez to actually knock out bachel a lot of people thought that bachel would actually beat valdez but valdez beat bachel and now he's got this opportunity against Navarrete, even though he comes back off the loss of, of Shakur Stevenson, he's got this fight now where he could potentially become a champion again and, and upset a guy who has been long undefeated. Obviously, he had a loss earlier on in his career, but he's been undefeated for quite some time now since that loss. And it, it's it's been really good to watch the progress of these two guys in different ways and how their careers have been going. And I'm looking forward to this particular fight. And I think I can't see anything past a Navarrete win at the moment for me. I think Navarrete, he's got the, the skills and abilities to make this fight relatively straightforward for himself. But this is Oscar Valdez and Johnston was saying that Oscar Valdez will come to fight. And that he will come to bring war to Navarrete. And that actually because of their heritage, because of, of the way Mexicans like to trade at times... I think we could end up seeing something absolutely magnificent and fantastic here. I just don't think Navarrete is going to get drawn in. I'm a little bit different on my opinion than Johnston. Johnston thinks that this could be a war. I think it could be Navarrete could make this a, a straightforward fight for himself, like Shakur did against Oscar Valdez. So we'll see. But this is definitely the one to tune into. If you're watching this card as well, there are a few fighters that I would definitely recommend that you tune into as well. I'm looking forward to seeing Richard Torres Jr. in action on this particular card. You know, he came from the 2020 Olympics. He has got this reputation in America as being an outstanding amateur, and he's in his pro career at the moment, and he's had a few fights, and he's now looking to step up in that position. And I think it's good to sort of see 
the potential future of the heavyweight division division by watching these guys and you've also got Raymond Muratala on this particular card as well you've got Lindolfo Delgado on there Sergio Leon Rodriguez also fighting on this card Emiliano Vargas fighting on this card so you know if you've been following American boxing and the scene at the moment there's definitely a few fighters there that I would recommend tuning into the card for even if you don't manage to stay up for it if you're in the UK you can watch it the following morning of course like what me and Johnston mainly do, but the most of the time, unless it's an absolutely mega fight like Spenton Crawford, then most of the time we tend to tune into it the following morning without seeing the results and, and, and watching it that way. We're just getting older, guys. That's all it is. We're getting older. We're finding it more difficult to do all these uh, all-nighters watching boxing these days. But that is it for the main part of this show. I appreciate you guys tuning into this episode and I can only apologise if the sound quality isn't as good as what we would normally deliver due to the fact that, as I've said, I'm actually doing this from my phone. So I wanted to make sure I could at least deliver something for the fight coming up this weekend because, you know, it's a big fight preview. Is is Joshua fighting? It's a big fight. Hellenius is he's not a slouch of an opponent. He got caught code by Deontay Wilder in their fight at the start of the year, he could cause problems to Joshua in this fight, you know, and you never know, he could really upset the apple cart, so we're going to watch with intrigue, and then of course we'll report back next week on our big fight reaction show, where we will talk about Dillian White's failed tests and everything that came with that, and basically Dillian White's future looks absolutely in tatters at the moment, so we are going to have that conversation in our reaction show, and depending on the fight itself, we'll see what happens in Joshua versus Hellenius and, and the fallout from that particular fight. But also, I wanted to take the time to mention Career Profiles is still running. Please make sure, if you've not subscribed to the podcast feed, you do so because our next episode that's coming out very shortly is going to be one that I think many UK fight fans are really going to enjoy. It was a personalised one for us. It was a fighter we grew up with. It's a fighter we've loved covering, one of the most popular fighters in the UK of all time. And I'm really excited to drop this episode out because we really enjoyed doing the story. The full story was fantastic and I hope you guys enjoy it. Please do look out for that episode. It will also be on this main BTR Boxing Podcast feed as well. But if you want to subscribe to us on the Career Profiles podcast feed, you can do so by checking us out there. Please also make sure you like and share the episodes on social media. I will do my best, as always, to post them out across social media. Once you see them go live, please make sure you do a like and a retweet or a like and a share. And if we're on TikTok and we're posting them on there, please just add them to your stories on Instagram. Whatever you can do to support us, it is always genuinely appreciated by ourselves. But that is it for this big fight preview. We will be back together next week for the Big Fight Reaction Show. Enjoy the fight, and we'll see you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at Chabacasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.